talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of the Artist Interview, a podcast from Hope FM, also on our partner stations worldwide. And I am so very pleased this week, for the very first time at the Artist Interview, to bring Martin Smith, uh, ex-lead frontman from Delirious, and now having a wonderful solo career uh, to us. Um, so I've got to say, I have loved spending time both in the historic music of Delirious and also in Martin Smith's newer songs. And it's a real honour to have him on the station. This is a guy who has walked a walk and just had Jesus all around him and wants to bring more of God's power into the music that he brings and the ministry that he holds. So before I talk for too long, let's hear this track. I've got to say, I hope one day to sing this in some big stadium. This track is fantastic. It's called Trouble. And that was Troubled by Martin Smith. Hey, Martin, how are you doing? Hey, it's great to speak to you. Thank you for having me on. It's honestly, the honour is ours, Martin. It absolutely is. Uh, now, I guess lots of people will know a lot of your music from Delirious. And that's, we, we, I would like to talk about Delirious for a bit, if that's okay. But I want to make sure really we focus on the new stuff that God's uh, moving you into and your new album that's coming. But for those people maybe who don't know your longer story, it would be lovely if you could just give us a recap, really, uh, from maybe right when you were young. How did you first encounter Jesus? How did you get into the music business? And tell us the story and the journey that God's brought you on. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's three massive questions there. But um, I mean, I, I was brought up in a in a family where we did go to church. Um, my mum and dad are Christians. And so, you know, it was a natural thing to be part of that. But I definitely had a moment when... I realized, you know, I knew that God was tapping me on the shoulder, which is a, a strange thing to articulate, but it's a powerful moment when you know that you're being called to a life of faith and serving God, serving Jesus Christ. You know, so it's, it's a, that was amazing. I think I was about eight years old, you know, and wow. very genuine moment. But I think later on, as I grew up, when I was 19, I, I had another one of those moments of reference where I, I knew that God was calling me to make music and give my life away, so to speak, you know, and, and, and not do my own thing, but do God's will. Um, so I think that's always been the backbone of my life. It's always been running through my blood. And I suppose the music is just really a reflection of that. It's an outpouring of, of who I am, you know, and, and, and that's the music I love to write. And it's great to hear people singing these songs around the world. Um, it gives me great joy. Well, I've got to say, I, I first came across you uh, back in, I think it was 1996, I think. So I was a university student, a mate of mine, Phil Bywater. He said, you've got to come. We were in Canterbury University. So you've got to come down to Littlehampton to hear this band called Cutting Edge. They're amazing. So uh, so I had, a, I had an original Skoda 105 Lux, the you know, Czechoslovakian model, not very nice, no heating, very cold. Anyway, yeah. so we bundled a load of students in there and we drove from Canterbury one, one I think it's a Friday night, it could have been Saturday, not sure, drove down to, to Littlehampton 
and saw you guys in the cutting edge band and it was like a, a thing for youth and i've got to say i, I thought it was amazing I, I bought i'm a bit annoyed i bought some of your tapes at the end of it and we were listening to them in the car on the way home it was great uh, and what's sad about it is I think when I moved house, we chucked out all our cassettes. I wish I still had those. I'd buy a cassette player just to listen to them. Anyway. Oh, I, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say you had your car stolen or something, you know. But Oh, no. <laughs> luckily not. No one's going to steal that car. No, no. So, um, but, but can you just tell me a bit about how did God open that up? There you were, you were doing, and basically there were youth events in a school hall. Um, and you were doing them as you and there was um, Tim Jupp uh, and the, some of the original people. How did that? change from being a thing you were doing as a youth outreach which was getting a reputation for itself into becoming a, a worldwide phenomenon uh, explain that story piece a bit sure yeah and, and you have to uh, realize there was no big master plan or anything there wasn't big a big sort of we sat down like is the next 10 years of our life it was it was a movement of, of people of people worshiping in great britain it was a youth movement and and we were just surfing the wave of that um you know, the songs opened doors for sure. You know, people were enjoying the songs and were singing those. Um, but we did that event for five and a half years. And then I think we naturally felt like we'd come to an end of that and, and needed a new challenge. And so we started Delirious. And then we started, you know, traveling. And America opened up and, you know, all the other nations. And it was just incredible to... To be a part of that, absolutely amazing. What's your favourite memory of being part of Delirious? Well, the camaraderie, the fact that that God was so clearly with us and on it, you know. Um, he was the one promoting it. He was the one opening doors, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, the energy, the vibrancy, the, the abandon, uh, you know, we didn't know that the things you couldn't do we just went for it we just made great videos we made you know we just we just enjoyed every every second of it um there were no rules really um and yeah i just think the amazing feeling that you realize you're in the middle of a movement of people and that nothing can stop that got got you know god's got an agenda here and we're just sort of hanging on for dear life it was beautiful well, uh, and it's great the way that you talk about God being opening doors and being in the middle of it all. In the situations though, where you're touring the world, there's got to be things that sometimes don't go exactly to plan. Uh, have you got a story maybe of where things started all going wrong, but God stepped in and put it right? Oh yeah, I mean we're just people, like just humans, aren't we? So things would go wrong all the time. You know, we'd miss a flight or turn up late somewhere. And I remember once I think we were in playing in Lithuania somewhere and you know the flight was delayed six hours and we the crowd were there from seven in the evening waiting and I think we didn't arrive till 9 p.m and we just all got on stage unloaded our own gear within 20 minutes we were off it was amazing um so there are all those things that happen um you know I, I don't know countless stories of you know some people get sick on the road or we have to just adjust to that or, um, you know, people's plans change, you know, numerous things, you know, but mostly it was me forgetting the lyrics to singing out a tune probably. <laughs> do, you, do you often get feedback from people uh, who say that your music 
sort of change their life that there was a song that, that just when they someone played to them and it, it helped them in a situation or maybe it was the song that they listened to that helped them come to faith you mean for me you mean have I, have I got that or, or pe- people that have told me about delir- you know my songs well I meant I meant people telling you about the songs either, either your songs that you've done solo or your songs from Delirious Days yeah it's, it is an amazing thing when someone takes the time to to tell you about how the music's impacted them. I mean, it's, it's very humbling that people have taken this music into their hearts, into their life, into their families, into their cars, into their quiet times, meditation. And you realise, wow, this is bonkers. Like something that I wrote at home in my lounge or got the idea while I was out cycling or swimming or whatever has become part of people's lives. And and I, I will never get over that. I think that's just incredible privilege that that happens. Um, but yeah, people, all sorts of things, you know, songs are used at weddings, funerals, you know, people uh, going for a job interview, listening to My Glorious and gives them a bit of encouragement or, you know, people, uh, you know, believing that they can make history, you know, and, and singing History Maker and uh, amazing, you know, so you know, I'm humbled by that. Well, I've got to say music is so incredibly powerful and I think there's a lot of power in the music you've produced. If you look in the Bible with with David when he played for Saul and it brought peace in that situation, it can absolutely change the atmosphere around and uh, the lyrics that you've penned, uh, I, I just think they're extraordinary. So I'm very, very grateful for your gifting, Martin. Thanks for all you've done. You certainly blessed me. I know that for sure and my family. So thank you. In fact, my son, we, we, we've got a, a delirious DVD um, of one of your live shows and my son, when he was a young kid, drummer mad, he's now like a grade eight superstar drummer doing really well. Um, but he, he would sit with like ice cream pots and things and just sit and drum to you guys for hours. So you were his like fav- favorite choice. So thanks, thanks for that input into his life. Right, okay. So as I understand it though, part of the thing that happened that made you make the break for going to be full-time with, with Delirious was a car accident. Can you tell us the story behind that? Yeah, I was 25. Um, we'd been married a year. My wife and I had been married a year and uh, we were working, uh, you know, up, up north somewhere and we drove home because Anna's sister had given birth to their first kid and, and we were obviously keen to not miss out on that but um, I, I had we had a car crash on the way home and um, you know it, it could have been fatal and um, you know that, that was a that was a crazy time uh, I spent a couple of weeks in hospital I broke my leg and you know but thankfully, everyone was okay. And it was at that time that I was given a book uh, by U2 called At the End of the World. And I read that and I was just so inspired by it and, you know, the passion for music. And I knew that was burning in me. And so I got all the lads together uh, one by one in the hospital. I was like, you know, why don't we just go for this? Should we leave our jobs and just go for it? And um, amazingly, they we all did and uh you know the rest is history i guess you know it was it's just an amazing time of our lives what what was your job then um i i trained as a sound engineer so when i was 17 i left home and went to work for a recording studio in eastbourne called icc and um it was a, it was a, a a normal studio anyone could rent it but um 
a lot of Christian artists used to come there. So, you know, like Graham Kendrick and Dave Bilber and Chris Bowe, you know, all these amazing people in the history of the UK. So I got to know them personally. I got to know how to write songs, you know, why things did work, why things didn't work. It was a real training period for me. But that was my trade was recording. And, uh, and I would, you know, I was one of the house engineers recording everything from a local choir to a heavy metal trash band to, you know, an opera singer. to you know, I did everything. So uh, it was a great, great time. I was there for five and a half years. And then I, I, I left there and moved to Littlehampton, got married. Wow. Okay. So that's brilliant training to have. And how did you meet the rest of the guys in Delirious? Well, Tim used to come to that studio uh, because he used to produce records for an artist called Ishmael. And I, and I would engineer those and hang out with them. So that was good fun. And then, yeah, then I got to know Stu after joining the church and being part of Cutting Edge. And, uh, and then we met Stu G at a, a, an event a gathering of worship leaders and we like he's a great guy and he moved down and kind of the birth it all was birthed you know with, with those friendships amazing so and delirious obviously went on to have an amazing amazing ride uh, until 2009 so when when it was time to close that chapter uh, but open up new chapters um do you have regrets about that if you don't mind me asking what about it finishing? Yeah. No, not, not really. Um, I think it's brave to stop something when it's successful. And, uh, you know, we went out on a high. And, um, you know, I was just getting into that stage with my own children where they were becoming teenagers. And so I, I really wanted to focus on that and get that bit right. You know, you only get one chance, don't you, at doing that well. And, you know, we made those decisions. It was hard. It was painful. It was difficult. But, um, you know, things are all great now. And we, we move on and we're all doing different things. Um, but, uh, you know, we're just, I think we're all just so grateful for that season. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think you're right. It, it is a brave thing, but it's also a great thing to have gone out on a high and God taking you on to, to new things. Clearly God's opening doors still for you, which is, which is cool. You mentioned family. Uh, how many children have you got? We have two boys and four girls. So we have six kids. Wow. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's been a full house for years. Um, it's not just the kids, it's all their friends as well, you know, and youth group and life. And so we've had a really full life and it's been amazing. My wife's amazing. And, uh, Three, we have three at home still now. Two are married, and uh, so we're we're moving into a different season. And and our eldest daughter's just had a little baby boy, so we've just become grandparents, which is hilarious. Congratulations! So so that would be Ellie Limebear, isn't it? It's had a yeah. A Ellie. Boy. What, what, yeah. So Ellie's been on the show. She's fabulous. We we love her music. So who's what's the name of your grandchild? Maccabee. Maccabee, that is a cool name. Okay, yeah. so congratulations, that's great. Um, so, so the journey is moving on because because Ellie is obviously uh, establishing herself as a as a very good artist, isn't she? Are, are your other children musical? Um, they are in, they are sort of musical. Yeah, um, I don't know how. Um, you know, time will tell to what you know intensity or level they'll want to pursue it. 
they've all got musical bones though um so time will tell they love worship they love they just love it all you know um so yeah we're, i mean it's just a, you can imagine our house at, you know when we get all get together it's pretty mad yeah yeah i can what what tip do you have for parents who are wanting their children to know jesus better oh wow i don't know whether i'm qualified to answer that um because it's so unique to everyone's situation isn't it depends on how you've been brought up with your heritage um some people come to the church thing late in life and then you know so it's, it's unfair to say oh yeah this is what you should do i think that is really unfair because we're all so different and, and, and the children you get are so unique um the only thing we probably could all agree on is giving your kids time and and focus is always going to be a good thing you know taking time out to be with them listen to them encourage them cheer them on tell them they're great you can't go wrong with that i don't think anyone could disagree with that yeah know? yeah that's wise words wise words and you know you you tr rather than trying to squeeze them into what you want i think it's also it's always good to encourage them in, in their own dreams and what and just support them you know so that's what we try and do well I, i've got to say I, I hope that I managed to achieve that with my kids. My kids probably a little bit younger than yours, I guess, but um, but definitely uh, I think parenting is one of those opportunities yeah. to to bring God into the middle of things. And uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully some of that stuff rubs off on our kids. But um, when I talked with, with Ellie, I just thought she was a lovely, lovely lady. And it's great. I really like the fact that you two are together are producing uh, some songs as well. That must be a real joy to do. Yeah, amazing. So um, we've, got, we've got another track to play from you. It's called Our Eyes Are On You. Could you tell us about this song? What was the heart behind it? How did it come to you? Yeah, sure. And actually Ellie's singing on this song. Yeah. So, so it's been an honour for me to have her do that. I mean, that's amazing for a dad to have the daughter on a song. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it was inspired by that passage in the Bible in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it's when King Jehoshaphat was leading the Israelites and realised that, you know, they, they could lose the battle. Um, but, it, you know, and he, he prays this prayer, you know, if calamity comes upon us, if famine or plague, you know, but, but we, will look, we will look to the heavens and you will rescue us. You know, that's it's the essence of what he says. And then, he, then there's this brilliant line. He says, um, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so... I sort of snatched that line out and the whole song is about that really, but it's, it's about, you know, um, what do you do? What do you do as people of faith in a storm? You know, you, we don't know what to do sometimes, but our eyes are on you, on him. And that's been our prayer really over this last two years.
And that was Our Eyes on You by Martin Smith. Uh, thank you, Martin, for that introduction uh, and for that beautiful song. Uh, it's a real encouragement for us to just relook uh, and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, no matter what is going on around us. Um, if you'd be happy right now to pray for listeners, uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. Sure, yeah. And I want to dedicate that song to Anna Trillsback, who, um, who I know is going through a real difficult time right now. So uh, keep on keep on looking up keep on looking up we just pray for anyone listening today that he's going through a difficult time and uh, just pray for blessing and peace and healing in those situations amen amen so if you're listening and wondering who is this Jesus that Martin and Gordon are talking about, I just want to encourage you to pop along to www.findachurch.co.uk. There are many churches around that would love to help you to find out more about God's love. And if you're not listening in the UK, just contact your station and ask them to recommend a good local church for you. Martin, thanks for all you've shared so much uh, so far. And uh, I just wonder if you could tell us a little bit about Martin Smith, what's going to be happening in the next five years? What's what's God's heart for you, your plans. There's there's a new album coming to drop very shortly. We'd love to hear about that, uh, but the bigger picture as well. Yeah, sure. February the 4th, uh, the, the whole record's going to drop. Really excited about that. There's a few surprises on there, I think, for people. And um, there's a Coldplay cover on, on the record, um, which um, I'm really, really proud of. And uh, so I think people will enjoy that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I mean, what can I say, but just excited for people to hear it, you know, it's, it's been a year and a year and a half in the making. So, uh, you know, eventually people get to hear all the hard work. And so that's, that's brilliant. And, you know, people can start using them in church and, you know, just, um, I think that's always the aim, isn't it? It's just for people to connect with God through it. It's all, it's all like, it's all you want, really. Um, oh, what's the album called? It's called Dancing in the Fire. Dancing in the Fire. Okay. And that was the name of the first single. So, yeah, so that's good. Um, obviously, we'll be playing live throughout the year. It's quite difficult to firm up dates at the moment because of the still COVID stuff and things being delayed. But we're always working on that and hoping that we can announce some dates soon. Okay, well, just, just say uh, this is an invitation from Bournemouth for you to come to Bournemouth. I will sort you out a venue. If you'd like to come, we would love to have you with us. Uh, it would be fantastic um, to enjoy your music live. Um, so and I think I'm right in saying um, that you're going to be at Big Church Day Out. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We are big supporters of Big Church Day Out. It's an absolutely awesome event, which your friend Tim Jupp um, organises. Um, so Oh, at it. Is, it, is Ellie going to be there as well? Ellie's, Ellie's playing there, so it's going to be a fantastic weekend, yeah. Are, are you going to do it together? Don't know yet. I think, no, she's got her own thing and her own team, and so she'll smash it. It's going to be great. Okay, how many times have you been at Big Church Day Out? Oh, this has got to be maybe my fifth or sixth time, I would have thought. Okay. I've, for anyone who hasn't been to Big Church Day Out, I would just like to encourage you to go to the Big Church Day Out website um, and just have a look at what's happening, because it is by far the best Christian festival I feel that you can get to at the moment in the UK. Um, and so we just want to make sure that you've heard about it and you get to it because the people who are playing there are awesome musicians. Um, talking of awesome musicians, and you, you're doing a cover of Coldplay, um, many times um, people have compared Delirious 
to U2. Um, I, I really like U2, so I think that's um, a fair comparison. I wonder if one day maybe U2 might cover a, a delirious song. That would be nice. <laughs> that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would. <laughs> Turn and save, that'd be great. So, um, other than the album, what's, oh, and touring. So, it's going to that's gonna be quite a busy year, I would think, actually. Uh, what other things do you feel God's got for you for this season? Sure, yeah. Um, we, we, we have another thing that runs alongside what we're doing. It's called Common Song. And uh, it's a charity thing that we're doing where we're asking songwriters from all around the world to give 1% of their songwriting income into Common Song. And we've got a few projects that we're getting involved in. And the idea came from meeting a, one of the football players at Brighton Football Club, telling me about a thing that they're involved in called Common Goal. And, you know, 1% one, <clears throat> 1 of their salaries goes into this pot and it's a sort of, you know, they do all these football projects around the world with kids. It's brilliant. So we thought we'd do the same for music. And, uh, you know, to, to, to get people excited about music, kids that can't afford to, to get into the studio or have a piano lesson or just help. So we're working with um, a project in Brighton called New Note, which is um, a, a, an orchestra made up of recovering addicts. Uh, so that's really exciting. And then we're also working with uh, a project called IOTO, which is a, 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 an artist called Plan B uh, uh, in the Tunmarsh um, Pupil Referral Unit in London. And uh, Atlantic Records built a studio in there and we're just helping, um, you know, put some money into staffing that and, in, and just encouraging some of the, kids that have sort of been left discarded from the system to keep making music, keep writing lyrics, just music's good for the soul, isn't it? It, it really is. In fact, I have watched on um, Instagram and a bit YouTube um, of inmates worshipping in prisons. And I've got to say, it's phenomenal to see. And it does just touch your heart when you go, yeah, these are people that society disregard and shun and yet here people are coming to faith and yeah. giving everything to jesus so what an amazing yeah. opportunity to be involved in that uh, bringing jesus and music right into the middle of, of situations where people just need a, a hand reach out to them it sounds like you're quite busy actually so with with all your kids and all those other things um how do you find time um to keep jesus focused and to keep receiving from him well you know i am busy but um, I'm also, uh, you know, there's, my day is pretty ordered. You know, I try to make it that way. Uh, I'm a morning person, which is not what people would imagine, really. So I like getting up early and spending time just contemplating and praying a bit and reading. And then all the kids wake up and it all goes mad. But um, so, yeah, I, I try and do that. And... Um, try and read a bit you know you know how it is you just got to find the spaces where you can and um that's my point of connection really and when you're wanting to worship so you so so for lots of people they go oh, I'll, I'll put on a bit of martin smith and worship that who who are you listening to to worship to <laughs> that's a really good question um i love there's an artist called hammock um it's two guys they do instrumental music i love their stuff and i find that very very peaceful um, yeah, I mean, I like the Hillsong, um, 
I like the Bethel Peace records. I think they're made really well. They are beautiful. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. We've done in our kitchen quite a lot. That's fantastic. Yeah, Peace Volume One and Peace Volume Two. I, I, I often, I often put on, and I do find peace in those. They are great. Good recommendation, Martin. I like that. If you haven't listened to those at home, I would say Martin's recommendation spot on. Um, if you're needing a bit of peace now, go and listen to the Bethel yeah. Peace albums. They're beautifully done. Um, and from in the Bible, what's your favourite sort of passage that you go, this is one I can relate to, this is one that speaks to me, this is a story I love? Well, I love Psalm 24. I've always loved that. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, he will ascend the hill of the Lord. And, uh, you know, I think it's a challenge for all of us, isn't it, to keep life simple, you know, keep out of trouble. Um, you know, we sleep at night, don't we, if we've got peace. And I think, um, you know, it's what you've got to try and do somehow. Um, you know, keep it simple, as I said. Do the things you're called to do and then don't do the things you're not called to do. That sounds wise. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very easy in life just to pick up and have your hands full of all sorts of things. Um, but just focusing on the ones that God gives you, that's, um, that's definitely a helpful tip. Just a quick question, and I've got to ask this because if I don't ask it, I'm going to get people complaining, why didn't I ask? And I apologise because I am jumping back to delirious. I would like to just ask this, and it actually, this question's this question actually comes from from uh, Mike Schuster from Mercy Me, uh, because when he oh, when he was on the show, he he said to me, "We'll we'll come to Big Church Day Out if Delirious will uh, do a comeback at Big Church Day Out." Um, is that is that possible? Can you do that? Not necessarily this year, but um, do you think that's likely? Oh well, I don't know, I don't know, um, but we'll let you know if it does. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? So never say never. Never say never, no. Okay, all right. Well, because we'd like Mercy Me to come as well, but but the two, that would be that would be an awesome session. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview. So obviously uh, it's important that you connect with fans, especially with a new album coming out. How do people find out all about you and what's going on, Martin? I suppose the easiest place these days is to go on Instagram. Uh, it's Martin Swift TV. I mean, pretty much everything is there. Uh, I do have a web website as well, martinsmithmusic.com, uh, that, that you can, you know, buy the old T-shirt or, or just, you know, find out a bit more. So uh, they're, they're the two places, really, that we keep people informed. Okay, well, that sounds like a good place to go and hang out and try and find out a little bit more and make sure that when those tour dates come out for the UK as well. We've got one more song that we're going to play from you, uh, and I believe this is a worldwide radio exclusive uh, right here on Hope FM for the artist interview. Yeah. The track's called Jesus. So can you tell me all about this track? Yeah, sure. Um, it's, one, it's, the, it's the most tender song on the record. Um, it's just me and an acoustic pretty much. And, um, yeah, you know, the chorus is Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Jesus, nothing in this world compares to you. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Um, you know, you'll hear it in a minute, but, but it's very tender. It's me on a hilltop, just me, God, you know, pouring my heart out. And so I think it would be a really nice moment on the record. That was a snippet from Martin Smith's track, Jesus, from his brand new album, 
Dancing in the Fire. And thank you so very much, Martin, for joining us for this episode of The Artist Into, a podcast from Hope FM. And there are many other excellent episodes, stories for you to hear and music to enjoy. Just head over to your favourite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview. Thanks for joining me, Gordon T. I hope you're getting as blessed as I am from these interviews. Do please subscribe to them, share them with a friend, let the blessings flow. God bless you. Bye-bye. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview.